0: I'm Pastor Joseph Clark, and this is Christianity 101 on JC and Me. Christians believe in one true God, who is the merciful creator of all things, seen and unseen, known and unknown. He created all time, matter, the universe, everything. If there are multiverses or other worlds, He created them. If there are microverses, He created them. He created you and me, and every living creature no matter how distant, remote, secluded, unique, or peculiar they may be. All physics, mathematics, chemistry, energy, gravity, structure, chaos, DNA, and all order in the universe and within us was created by God and is all part of his recipe, his design. God has no beginning and he has no end. Nobody created God. This is a difficult fact for our human minds to accept. It is a reality to God that must be accepted on faith. For what kind of an all-powerful and merciful Creator would God be if He was not eternal? He is the God of the Holy Bible, the God of the Old and New Testament. He is the Lord God of Israel who chose to reveal His will through the ancient Hebrew people. He is the one and only true God. There are no others. There are many concepts to God that are difficult for mankind to understand or relate to, as God is so incredibly awesome and amazing. God reveals himself to us in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Three persons in one God. We do not believe in three gods. We believe in one God, who exists in the form of three persons. This too can be difficult to understand. It is well described in a quote by Athanasius who wrote that we worship one God in Trinity and the Trinity in unity, neither blending their persons nor dividing their essence. Motivated by love, obedience and devotion to God, we submissively choose to believe everything about God with the faith of a small child. Just as ants do not relate to a man, mankind can only relate to God through Christ, faith and through how he speaks to our hearts, our spirits, and through his word, the Holy Bible. God has made his will known to us in the Holy Bible. Everything that we need now on earth to know God and to know about God has been provided by God to us in his holy word. We believe that it was authored by the Holy Spirit through the human hands of those who scribed it. We believe that it is perfect and contains no errors. The Holy Bible contains two testaments of God the Son, Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, which speaks of the creation of man, the fall of man, the lineage of Christ, the old covenant between God and man, and the prophecies of Christ. It also contains God's will and wisdom. The New Testament contains the Gospels, the good news of Jesus Christ, His new covenant with man, and all that we need to know to be saved in Christ and what we become in Him. We believe in all the miracles, words, works, visions, and events of Christ and His disciples and His apostles that are documented in the Holy Bible. God's will and wisdom are communicated to us in the Old and New Testaments of the Holy Bible. God loves us more than we can ever possibly imagine. He created us to be with Him and to glorify Him. He requires us to love Him and to respect Him more than anyone else in our lives. We fear angering and disappointing Him and take comfort and assurance in His love. If we believe in Him and receive Him as our Lord in accordance with His will, as He made it known in the Holy Bible, we are transformed in Him. The Holy Spirit will transform us and will work through us. We glorify him, returning his love and pleasing him. If we reject him or pursue any other religions, we are disrespecting and hurting the heart of God. God has a plan and purpose for each of us. However, he gives us the free will to make the choices and decisions in our lives. When we make choices and decisions that are pleasing to God, we are glorifying God. When we make choices and decisions that are hurtful or disrespectful to God we are sinning. We sin through thoughts, words, actions, and inactions. God educates us in the Holy Bible about what constitutes sin. He recognizes that we cannot live perfect lives, that we are incapable of always glorifying and pleasing Him. We can try, but ultimately we are too weak and we are all subject to human frailty. For this reason, He came to us in the flesh as God the Son, the Son of God, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. We pray to God in the form of thanking Him, adoring and worshiping Him, confessing our sins and apologizing to Him, and asking Him to satisfy our needs and our wants. Like any responsible father, God answers our prayers as per His plan And His will in our lives. God has the long term betterment of our eternal souls at heart. Thus, our prayers are not always answered in the manner in which we would prefer at the time. However, in the long term, if our prayers are righteous and in accordance with what He ultimately deems is in our best interest, we never need fear. God has messengers who he created before he created men and women. These messengers are called angels. The Bible identifies angels in both the Old and New Testaments. One angel who turned on God and led a revolt with other corrupt angels was named Lucifer. God had his archangel Michael cast Lucifer out of his kingdom and sent him to earth. Angels are spirit. However, they can take physical form. We know all of this from the Holy Bible, which we know never fails. Lucifer lost his God-given name and is referred to by his designation, Satan the Accuser. Satan's fallen angels are demons, aka unclean spirits. Satan and his unclean spirits have a mission, which is to hurt the heart of God by tempting God's children to sin and tormenting mankind to distract them away from the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus' death and resurrection defeated Satan, who vindictively torments man out of spite. He is a poor loser who attacks us with lies, abomination, perversity, murder, and discredits God and his ministers to repulse men and women from turning to God. He is also the ultimate gaslighter, mixing enough truth with lies to discredit God in the eyes of those who would otherwise be assets to God's kingdom. Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary and lived a sinless life. He fulfilled the prophecies about him that were foretold several hundred years before his birth. As Christians, we know that he performed miracles, healings, and exercised demons. Christ came to us as a sacrifice for our sins. While Christ walked the earth, he taught us of his coming, his kingdom, and his return. He demonstrated what is expected of us. He was received by many Hebrews, but rejected by the Hebrew religious leaders and authorities, and he was tortured, crucified, and he died for us. After three days, miraculously, he rose again from the dead, appeared before his family and followers, and for another 40 days, he continued his ministry before he ascended into heaven, witnessed by his followers and thousands. His death on the cross was as the sacrificial lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. In other words, he died to cover our sins and save us from eternal damnation. As ants cannot relate to man, the only way an ant could relate to us is if a man became an ant. Men and women cannot possibly relate to the greatness of God. So he came to us in the form of a man so that we could relate to him and so that we could take on, he could take on our sins as the sacrificial lamb, who's offered up and died for us. Because Jesus came to us in the form of a man, we could relate to him and we know that he relates to our suffering and what it is to be human. As Christians, we know that we are saved by faith and by grace. We bring the faith and Christ brings the grace. God offers us unconditional salvation from our sin, if we choose to receive Christ into our hearts as our Lord and Savior in accordance with the Gospels. In other words, we must receive him in the manner as he made it known in the Holy Bible. If we recognize that we are sinners and that we cannot save ourselves through our deeds, but can only be saved in Christ, we repent our sins and receive Christ as Lord and Savior and... That we publicly share that we are saved in Christ, that we do not deny Him ever or deny being saved in Him, but in fact share His good news with others. By doing this, we become part of Christ's kingdom now on earth, and when we die, we go to be with God in heaven in spirit. Christ our Savior is both our judge and our advocate. This is our salvation. We will struggle still with sin, but we will not indulge in sin. Our lifelong struggle and endeavor to glorify God is our sanctification. Receiving Christ cannot be faked. God knows our hearts. Until we are born again, aka saved in Christ, we are all drowning in sin, and only Christ offers us his saving hand unconditionally if we have the faith to take his saving grasp. There is absolutely nothing to be gained by rejecting his salvation. We have everything to lose by rejecting Him. Those of us who receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, in accordance with the Gospels, are referred to as saved or born again. We are transformed in Christ, and we rejoice that our names are in God's Book of Life. We live in fearful times. Fear is affecting people's decisions, relationships, families, and our unity. Jesus' ministry is not only a ministry of salvation, but a ministry of courage. He demonstrated a courage that is inspiring to us all. It takes courage to receive Christ, and when we do receive him, we find ourselves more courageous and fearless than we ever experienced before. We have a hope and courage that equips us to face this fallen and troubled world fearlessly. Satan, the enemy, will still attack or torment us, and although we are protected by our faith in Christ's grace, we must always turn to God's Word and our faith in Him to shield ourselves from the temptations and lies of the enemy. This life is full of suffering, and suffering has a purpose. God has deemed that suffering on earth is necessary. Without evil, we would have no bearing for goodness and righteousness. To do away with suffering and evil is to do away with mankind's free will. It is part of our sanctification to choose to receive Christ in the face of suffering. Without a life of suffering, we would be ignorant to the value of heaven. We would have no basis for eternal salvation and eternal damnation. Suffering drives us to repentance and hope of salvation in Christ. We are not saved by following a bunch of rules. We are saved by being led by the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we know that our souls are eternal, and that when our bodies die, our eternal souls will either go to be with God, or shall go to eternal damnation without God. God, in his word, refers to these two destinations as heaven and hell. There is no opting out of this. There is no choosing to sit on the sidelines those who pursue other false religions or who choose to reject christ are dooming themselves by turning their backs on christ's saving grace however it is never too late in this life for someone to give their heart to christ provided it is given with sincerity sincere in that we do not put conditions on receiving it either god loves us all and wants us all to be with him He extends to us the free will to make the decision to bring our faith. If we truly receive Christ in our hearts as our Lord and Savior, we have God's assurance that we cannot be unsaved. However, salvation is not about going through motions and doing deeds. It is about transformation and who we become in Christ. We are not saved by a life of deeds and obedience. We are saved for a life of deeds and obedience. A man or woman on death row for murder who truly receives Christ into their hearts is saved in Christ and will spend eternity in heaven. A law-abiding, well-behaved person who goes to their grave rejecting Christ will spend eternity in hell. The Holy Spirit tells us in the Holy Bible multiple times and very, very clearly that we are not justified by our deeds. We are only justified by our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. God loves us so much that he has told us that it is never too late to come to Christ. When we are saved in Christ, we will repent our sins, past, present, and future. He will always forgive our sins so long as we sincerely live for him. The Holy Spirit will work within our lives and through us. God the Holy Spirit speaks to us through His Word, the Holy Bible, in which God the Father, God the Son Jesus, God's chosen, and Christ's disciples and apostles instruct us to repent our sins and give our hearts to Jesus Christ to take charge as Lord of our lives. When we do this, we begin a joyful, exciting, and indescribable adventure in our lives. We are reborn to a life full of hope, courage, and resilience. Christ instructs us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, to pray for our enemies, not to judge one another, to forgive one another, to treat all people with mercy, charity, and love, to share the good news of Christ's salvation with all people. He assures us that God suffers with us when we experience injustice, humiliation, discouragement, self-destructiveness, grief, persecution, and that he is with us and is pleased with us when we live peacefully, purely, righteously, and publicly confess that we are his. We are assured that when we give our hearts to him, that the Holy Spirit shall convict us that when we give into sin, we are not to give up, but to continually repent and take comfort in his salvation. We are new creations in Christ when we come to him. When we sincerely receive him in our hearts, we are baptized by the Holy Spirit. We can choose to do a public baptism as a public gesture of testimony and cleansing, but we can be saved anywhere if it is heartfelt. Once we are born again in Christ, we will feel convicted about our sin when it happens. We will confess to God or other Christians whom we trust, and we will be regretful and endeavor to avoid sin, not because we are earning our way into heaven, for we cannot earn our way into heaven. We are convicted because the Holy Spirit works within us, and we will feel convicted when we sin. Although we will struggle and suffer in life, our walk with God is not about struggling. It is about yielding to our union with God. Becoming born again and saved in Christ are the ABCs of our Christian walk. To learn the rest of the alphabet, we read the word daily, we pray, we participate in a church community, and apply what we learn. This is our sanctification. We cannot live the Christian life without knowing what the Christian life is. We need the Holy Bible for that. The reason that we attend church, Bible study, and small groups is to rejoice together, to review and refresh on the Word of God together, to support one another in our suffering and in our weakness, and to encourage one another in our sanctification. God knows everything about you. He knows our best and our worst. He knows our deepest, darkest secrets. And Jesus says, I love you. Follow me. You are mine. I shall be with you always. In the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven, given to mankind, by which we must be saved. In John, chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In Romans, chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in John chapter three, verse sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life in Luke chapter five verse thirty two I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Rev. Billy Graham is quoted as saying. We need to remember that we cannot live the Christian life without his power and presence within us. We must give him his rightful place, and he must fill us and control us to overflowing. Are you living the Christian life? Reverend Martin Luther King is quoted as saying, In the midst of outer dangers, I have felt an inner calm and known resources of strength that only God could give. In many instances, I have felt the power of God transforming the fatigue of despair into the buoyancy of hope. Bono, lead singer of the group U2, The point of the death of Christ is that Christ took on the sins of the world so that what we put out did not come back to us and that our sinful nature does not reap the obvious death. That's the point. It should keep us humbled. It's not our own good works that get us through the gates of heaven. Actor Denzel Washington is quoted as saying, Put God first in everything you do. Everything that I have is by the grace of God. Understand that. It's a gift. I didn't always stick with him, but he stuck with me. Elvis Presley said, I am not the king. Jesus Christ is the king. I'm just an entertainer. An athlete, Kurt Warner, said, First things first, I have to give praise and glory to my Lord and Savior up above. Thank you, Jesus. Accept in your heart that you are a sinner and cannot save yourself. Believe in your heart that the living Christ is the Son of God. Confess in your heart and with your tongue that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. A prayer for those who receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, written by Reverend Billy Graham. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your Son. I believe that he died for my sin, and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my Savior, and to follow him as Lord. From this day forward, guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Holy Spirit tells us in his word in Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 13 to 14, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Award-winning Chicago Tribune investigative journalist Lee Strobel came to Christ after spending two years investigating the life of Christ to prove that the resurrection was a myth. After completing his investigation, he could no longer deny the reality of Christ, and he humbly gave himself to Jesus. Special counsel to President Richard Nixon, lawyer Charles Colson, went to prison for obstruction of justice for his part in the Watergate scandal. He unconditionally gave himself to Christ and received Jesus into his heart. And world-renowned geneticist and director of the National Institutes of Health, Francis Collins, who is respected for discoveries of disease genes and leadership of the Human Genome Project, wholeheartedly accepted Christ's salvation. God does not ask you to become sin-free and perfect before you can be born again in Christ. God unconditionally offers His salvation to you in exchange for your heart, right now. I encourage you to read a chapter of the Gospels each day to know about God and to know God. Pray to Him from your heart, and may Christ bless you and be with you evermore. I'm Pastor Joseph Clark, and thank you for listening to Christianity 101 on JC and Me.